My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The dream starts and I'm in the woods. It's not really clear how I know this, but I know exactly which woods these are. It's the space between two of my childhood friends' homes. And during the dream, I'm walking through these woods. I'm not fearful. It's a pleasant walk. And as I'm passing through, the woods are changing. When I start out, the woods are green. And they begin to turn yellow and red. And as I move through them, the leaves fall until eventually I'm walking through snow. Then, at a certain point, I find that I have little cross-country skis on, and I'm sort of pushing through the snow. I'm charging, alone, through the snow, fresh tracks pressed into the white beneath me, until I find myself at a clearing. I arrive at a beach. It's summer, and I'm warm. In the distance, the sun hangs low. It's setting. And I remember thinking, there's dolphins in the water. 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 Then I wake up. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Okay, context. I've had that recurring dream for a few years now. So when I heard Jane Teresa Anderson, a professional dream analyst from Down Under, was going to be on the show this week, I thought, let me get personal. I'll just get all my subconscious anxieties broken down for you, the listener. I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird Work. So a couple of questions. How did you feel as you went through the seasons? I know you said that you weren't, there was no fear setting off on the journey, but how did you feel, for example, when it was snowing and when you had to go across the snow in your cross-country skis? When I realized it was snowing, there was a bit of confusion. Like I had kind of walked into something and things were different. Mm. And then when I looked down and realized I had cross-country skis, I was very happy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like jolting off through the snow. And if you could describe the personality of a dolphin in your eyes, what would that be? Uh, a dolphin. I think of dolphins, I guess, as like sort of playful creatures, smart creatures. Um, they're pack animals. You know, I feel like they're, they're in a whole little community by themselves. Mm. And last questions. <laughs> you mentioned that the, uh, 
the, the woods went between the two childhood homes. One was Jeff's home and one was Joe's home. If you could do the same for Jeff and Joe, how would you describe Jeff's personality and Joe's personality? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I hope they don't listen. <laughs> Jeff is, we're still all very good friends. Jeff is loud, kind of um, bombastic, very funny. Uh, And then Joe, you know, was always sort of kind of an athlete, very charming, very nice to people, very hard worker type of person. And did you actually leave them behind? Is your childhood home a long way from where you are now? When I had that dream, it was. I was uh, living in Portland, Oregon, uh, and I grew up here in Massachusetts. So in a sense, there's a feeling our dreams always reflect what's been going on for us in just the one to two days before, uh, consciously and unconsciously. And then whatever comes up in those one to two days before will then resonate with anything in the long distant past that feels the same. So the overall feeling in your dream is, I'm going somewhere, I'm going cross country, maybe literally in the dream, but metaphorically in life, I'm I'm moving somewhere a long way from my sense of origin. I'm in the woods a bit about it, like I can't necessarily see where I'm going, I don't know where I'm going. But overall, I'm feeling a little bit confused about all the changes that I'm going to have to go through. But I'm going to stick with it because I kind of know that life's going to be with me, as indeed it is when you get to the snow stage and you're, first of all, a bit confused and think, oh, God, this is different. And then you look down and you see that you are actually perfectly equipped for this. You've got the skis on. So there's a sense in the dream there that consciously or unconsciously, even though you were feeling a bit confused about, excited about your journey, but confused, you knew that you would have the resources within yourself to do whatever you wanted to do and to literally traverse whatever emotional or physical territory came up for you. Now, you look at the dolphins, and the dolphins, you say, are playful, smart, and they're pack animals. They work because they're in a community. So there's a sense there in the dream that you were realising how important it is for you to feel like you're in a sense of community, to maintain a playful attitude to whatever you do. You're obviously very smart because you recognise that in the dolphins, and everything and every one in the dream represents something about the dreamer. So there's an aspect of you that's like, yep, I'm a dolphin, I'm playful, I'm smart, <laughs> I love being part of the community. <laughs> now, that part of yourself in any dream, you may be conscious or it may be deeply unconscious. You know, you can recognise in the dream an aspect of yourself that you really want to bring to the surface. So there may have been a sense at the time of the dream that if I can draw on my playful, smart, community pack animal kind of uh, feeling or instincts within myself then things are going to work out really well yeah if we go back to jeff and joe at the beginning of the dream just briefly it may have been a sense of look i've come so far since my origins you know originally i would have been a bit like jeff a bit like joe somewhere in between because you go through between the houses that was who i was then i've come a long way since then and this is who i am now so it may be that You might also just like to look back at Jeff and Joe and say, well, which of those aspects would you like to take with you could be helpful to you as a a pack-orientated community playful dolphin? (laughs) You know, is is the OTT part good? Is the funny part good? Is the charming part good? Is the hardworking part good? Just reflecting back on which of those aspects you've carried forward with you for good and which of those aspects you may have carried forward with you that you could probably let go. How does that sound? I mean, 
I'm going to be honest. Like, I came into this just thinking I had, like, the most boring dream because, you know, like, I've listened to some of the other dreams you've analyzed, and it's like people are fighting things or, they, you know, there's all these <laughs> different characters. And I came into this thinking, like, okay, I'm just wandering through the woods and I ended up seeing a bunch of dolphins, you know? Like, <laughs> like I thought, like, I thought my – I didn't think you would have anything. But, yeah, this is – this fits very well to, like, where I was in my life at that point. Mm. So – in getting ready for this interview, one of the things I kind of came across was this just quote by Freud. I know we we're, there's no way we're getting through dream analysis without talking about Freud. <laughs> but he once said that dreams are basically disguised fulfillments of repressed wishes. And I'm wondering, like, is that how you see dreams? Very much not. <laughs> okay, so we're no. anti-Freud right off the bat. <laughs> no, I don't see dreams as repressed wishes at all. I see dreams as... When you go to sleep, your dreaming mind or your dreaming brain, doesn't really matter what you call it, is processing the last one to two days of all your conscious and unconscious experiences, trying to make sense of your world. So ideally, you would wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, phew, I've processed all that stuff. I'm a bit clearer now about what life is about, what my perspective of life is about. I've updated some ideas. I've deleted or trashed some old ways of thinking um, based on my recent experiences. I've hung on to a lot of childhood beliefs because they're right. I've had those since childhood and I'm really not too keen on letting go of those no matter how many times life tries to teach me that things are different. So it's this kind of updating. But the first thing that people will usually say, and maybe on your lips too, Sam, is hmm, when I look at my dreams in the morning, they don't look awfully like something that has just made sense of my life. Yeah, yeah. I've I've rarely ever been like, oh yeah, great. Like I had this dream. Now I know I, I need to like take out the trash, finish up some taxes, and do a few other random things. Like it's never a clear cut what I should do. Exactly. And the reason for that is that the part of your brain, the area of your brain that actually deals in logic and rational thought and and kind of conscious editing really is asleep, you know, really is switched off more or less. And it's up to the rest of your brain to um, to capture the processing that your brain and mind are doing. So your brain and mind are really doing some serious processing of, you know, how I felt yesterday when so-and-so said whatever they said, how I felt unconsciously when this happened in my life. It's processing all that, updating your beliefs, updating your feelings, looking at your hurts, at your pains, projecting ahead, oh my goodness, how am I going to face that kind of situation tomorrow if it comes up again? It's doing all of that, but because the logical editing part of your brain is not is not working <laughs> while you're asleep, that, that, that kind of touchy-feely um, movie that happens while all your brain is doing all that is captured by the more right-brained, surrealistic, bizarre, um, emotional, uh, big picture rather than individual details part of your brain. So you then have to look at the dream and work back through the same way. If this dream was painted by a surrealistic painter who was trying to capture okay. something really important, how would I take apart this dream? And that's where I then bring in or teach people to bring in the tools and techniques to, to take that dream back to what was actually happening in the brain and mind while you were dreaming. And what that does then is gives you an insight into your mindset. Oh, this is how my brain and my mind process my life. Let's just, let's just go through a really simple example of a typical session for you. Mm -hmm. It starts with somebody telling you the, their dreams. Then you do an analysis of the dream. Then what happens after that? 
Okay, so most of my dream work these days, because it's international, is done either by phone or by Zoom or by Skype. And people tell me that they actually like doing the non-face-to-face, not because they don't like turning up to be on camera or they don't like looking at me, maybe, but because (laughs) (laughs) the voice is right inside their head, a bit like a dream, and, you know, you're in your own space at home and it's private and you you can cry if you want or you can be joyful or whatever. But basically it starts with the person telling me one dream. We, we, we take an hour to look at one dream. So what we did at yours was just a quick tip of the iceberg. So I will always listen to the dream first. I will take notes, mm-hmm. which I destroy afterwards, or I might keep some basic notes for, for myself, uh, which remain confidential in case the person um, reconnects for another session. And then I will usually, by that time, I will usually have a pretty good idea about what the dream is about. But I will usually approach it quite slowly because I've got to bring the person around to understanding the dream themselves. So I will usually say, in the one to two days before your dream, you know, were you sensing some confusion? And I'll start to ask some questions and take them through, um, showing them how the questions I'm asking and the answers they're giving relate to the dream, pointing out what I'm doing. And the the, the whole point of doing that from, from my perspective is for the person to acknowledge that the dream came from them. It was, it was from them, so mm. anything that I might say to throw light on the dream, I'm just helping them understand what is coming from them. I'm not like a psychic saying, oh, this is happening in your life and you've got to do this and you've got to do this. I'm helping them to see and understand their own dream. And then we put it together from there. At the end of a session, we then move from the step of dream interpretation or dream analysis to a process that I call dream alchemy. Okay. Let me take a really simple, boring dream. You get in the car and it won't start and you're late for something. Very frustrating. So you would then might work through that dream and you might realize that, oh, actually in waking life, I feel like I know where I want to go, but I just can't get it started. The dream alchemy would then be, okay, your dreaming mind has put the symbol of a car that won't start to represent whatever it is that is stopping you getting started in life. So all Mm. we do is while we're awake, we visualize, sometimes it's done as a visualization, sometimes it's done as a writing exercise or as artwork. There are all kinds of different ways that you can do this, but let's just stick with really simple and say with visualization. You visualize being back in the dream, only this time you get in the car and you take off and it's really easy. You can even make the car bigger and better. You can make the car into the model you want, but you do need to have a sense of where you're going to, which you would have already discussed with me in the dream analysis. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, 
Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So how did you end up getting into the world of being a dream analyst? <laughs> when, when I look back, I can see it's with those scary dreams as a child, you know, because scary though they were, <laughs> I also had amazing dreams as a child. So that was always like, nobody would explain to me why I had these dreams and what they meant. So that kind of was always there. But I actually uh, went to university to become a scientist because science called me. And I studied um, zoology, but I specialized in neurophysiology, which of course is how the brain and nerves interpret the world around us. So although I didn't realize it at the time, I was kind of taking some steps into wanting to understand how the brain and the mind interpret the world around us. So it wasn't too many years before I, still intrigued by my dreams, was basically went for a few months where I noticed that a lot of people were telling me their, their dreams. And I was thinking, don't you sort of, you don't seem to have any idea what that dream means, whereas I can kind of kind of see where that's coming from. So that got why, me... Why do, you think, why do you think that people told you their dreams? I don't know. Like, at the time, like, are you just a friendly person, or...? <laughs> I've always been a good listener, because I enjoy listening to people's stories. People have said there's something about me where they just want to confide and tell me things, and there must have been particularly then. And I think I thought at that time... Look, you know, I really have such amazing dreams myself. I do want to find out more about it. So I read around and I read dream dictionaries and I thought, this is just not, this is not, this is not right. There's something completely not right here. So I had a bit of an inkling and I was, I started to do some talk back radio where people would phone in about the dreams and I would give them a bit of a feeling for what I thought they meant. Huh. Um, that was kind of like a precursor of many years to come. And in one of those shows, I suddenly thought to myself, you know, I really want to research this further. So I said on air, I, I'm interested in dreams and what they mean in doing a lot of research on this. So if you can contact me, and I was shocked to hear myself give out my home phone number, because these were pre-internet days. I'm going back almost 30 years here. Um, contact me. So I, I went home and I had like several hundred people had phoned my answer machine. And so I took about three to six months um, getting these people to do surveys, written surveys, and then to write down their dreams and write down what was happening for them in the daytime So I was able, and what issues came up from them, what problems and what emotions. So I was able to go through and correlate what was happening for them in waking life and what was, 
and what was happening in their dreams. And I also got some of them to do experiments in their dreams. And as a result of all that, I, and many decades since, I developed my own theories and approaches. But what I also didn't know was the day that I said that on radio, um, a, a journalist was listening in and he gave me a call and said, I'd like to introduce you to my literary agent um, who may be interested in um, talking to you about the book that you're probably going to write as a result of this research. And, and that very quickly, within quite magically, within a few weeks, literally, I had a, I had a contract with, um, with HarperCollins. And so I actually signed the contract before I began the research, but I nevertheless did the research, and that became my first book, which came out in 1994. You have analyzed thousands of dreams. So I'm wondering if we could just do like a quick speed round of like, I'll shout out a symbol and you give me like the most common kind of interpretation of it. Okay, we can try that. But I have to say that dream, <laughs> a dream dictionary approach is very misleading. You know, I, I don't, I will do this, but I don't really like looking at an individual symbol because for each of us, our symbols are different. You know, what a dolphin means to you is different from what a dolphin in anybody else's dream might mean. So I don't do a dream dictionary approach. I look at the overall dream, but nevertheless, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with a simple one. Teeth falling out. Okay, this is a common dream theme. If we go right down to the bottom line, in general... When your teeth fall out in a dream, you're usually really embarrassed or you're trying to say something and you can't say something because all these teeth are falling out. <laughs> okay, drowning. Those kind of dreams can be a sense of, I'm drowning in my life, not in water. In my life, I feel like I'm drowning in something. I'm drowning in the amount of work I've got. I'm drowning in all the emotions around me. I'm drowning in trying to deal with other people's stuff. There's some aspect in my life where I feel like I'm really going under and I can't cope. Okay, I see a figure that's like, let's say, my mom. I go up and approach her. Now she's evil. <laughs> Ooh, I'd say, where in the one to two days before the dream were you in a situation where it felt familiar, felt like comfort zone, and it turned into something that didn't feel any, anywhere like that, that felt really uncomfortable and felt evil? Okay, we'll do one, one more classic dream. <laughs> I'm back in high school. And I'm late for class. <laughs> Start with a feeling and then say, where in my life in the day or two beforehand did I have that feeling? Where did I feel that I was running late for something? I wasn't, I wasn't going to achieve something in time. But the fact that it's back in high school, for most of us will mean maybe there's somewhere in life where we are feeling like we're 18 or 17, or however old we were in the dream. Why does it take me back to school days? Why do I feel that age? So we've talked a lot about using dreams as a way to analyze what's going on in your life and make changes. Can you tell me maybe about a dream someone had that ended up changing their entire life after it was analyzed? Oh, Has anybody like left a husband, started oh, a big. new job? <laughs> I don't know if they've left a husband, but I've certainly... Uncovered have... a mystery. That <laughs> happens a lot in like Sherlock Holmes things. People have dreams and then all of a sudden mysteries get solved. They, they have certainly left relationships or started relationships. That has been one aspect, but it's, I, I never advise that, but that can be um, an effective moving on. People have started businesses. People have ended businesses. 
the majority situation would be where people have recognised a talent or a gift within themselves. Let's say, I mean, I'm not going to ask you, but let's say your dolphin, for example, the playful, smart, um, community-orientated dolphin, let's say that at the time of the dream, you hadn't been in contact with that potential within you, then you might have taken that potential into the world and made different decisions and maybe made big lifestyle decisions about your career or how you are in a relationship or anything based on recognising that that part of yourself. So I'd say most people, it's a case of recognising in their dreams are an aspect of themselves, for, for good or for bad, that changes the way that they, they respond going forward. So if they recognise something, um, a, a good energy that they haven't really brought into their life through fear or doubt or whatever, then, then being able to bring that in with the help of dream alchemy or, or awareness, it completely changes everything going forward. Um, by the same token, recognising fear... Um, self-doubt, lack of self-esteem, all the kind of what we might call the negatives, you know, recognizing anger that we don't want to express in life, all of those things, once we realize them and see where they're coming from, completely change how we go forward in our lives. And it's the small steps we take going forward from something like that that change everything. You know, they're the sliding doors, really. So it seemed like in the past, dreams were very much like from gods, mythical figures. They were giving us prophecies through these dreams. And when humans interpreted the dreams, it was very much of like things to come mm. um, or or things from, you know, another world, another plane of existence. But then it seems like when we get into the modern type of interpretation of dreams, it's very much what's going on in an individual's life within their own head. So the thing that I'm wondering is, like, do you think that we've lost something by having everything, having the interpretation of our dreams be all about ourselves? There are many methods of approaching dreams, and there's still plenty of dream interpreters out there that will look at dreams as prophecies or look at dreams as containing messages from gods or angels or guides or whatever. My mm -hmm. take on it is I'm actually a deeply spiritual person myself, but that's just me. Now, in order to really delve deep and to access your spiritual nature, if you believe that's what you've got, or to access your ability to converse with God or find more spiritual insight moving forward, you need to get past this guard, <laughs> this security guard of your mindset that's stopping you from going deeper. So to me, using your dreams to understand your mindset and to release it or reprogram it or make it bigger to take off the limiting binds um, so that you can actually create a new mindset or access your, your deeper self, your spiritual self, your uh, deeper emotions, your, uh, your deeper talents that you haven't allowed yourself to have and express. It allows you to, to make a difference in the world, to be bigger in the world, to do whatever you want. But first, you have to know that mindset. You have to know yourself. I, I believe that as you go through life, you're here to learn lessons, <laughs> to mm. do things better this time around, whatever it is, and basically to have a human experience. And that human experience is defined by this mindset. So it's only by getting to grips with that mindset, looking within, finding out who you are, how you're handling life, that, that enables you to learn these lessons, release them, and access the, the, the more divine aspects of life, I guess. I mean, I think that's just such a a beautiful sentiment to think about it as trying to use dreams to kind of just reimagine the way things are. And in some ways you seem to be very 
clear that dreams are just a form of perspective and reality is also in itself kind of a form of perspective. And that sometimes like going through the process of interpreting these dreams can help shift our perspective in all sorts of different ways. That's right. And in shifting, beautifully summarized, Sam, and in shifting that perspective, then open us up to new perspectives and new ways of doing things, new ways of seeing life, new ways of approaching life, new ways of being in life, and basically new and bigger and better ways of, of being part of the world. So there's one thing that I got to back up on. For uh, You were a former zoologist, and I have a dog, and we're talking about dreams. Yes. So I got to know, do animals dream? <laughs> it looks like they do, doesn't it? I mean, the eyes are, you know, they've got that rapid eye movement thing going where the eyes are going left, right, left, right, left, right, which is Yeah, a, like he'll, he'll make noises. He'll move his little legs around as yep. if he's running. But, so, like, I wonder, like, it, you know, is he processing some running he didn't go through in the day or, re, you know, like, what, what are dogs dreaming about? Do yeah. they dream? And how because, would we even know if they did? Because we can't ask them. We never really know the content <laughs> of the dream until one day someone develops that machine, you know, the one that <laughs> plays back our dreams for us. But you can, of course, people have stuck electrodes in the and on the brains of sleeping animals, and it definitely looks like they're dreaming. And yes, I would say they're processing the the run that they did that didn't get the didn't get the animal, and they're also practicing doing their practice runs for the next day to get things right the next day. Or if they're whimpering, they may be they may be processing their emotions over what didn't go right the day before. So yeah, they dream according to their their brain physiology, but what they actually dream as yet. We just would love to know. Yeah, because I always see him dreaming, and I think it's probably, I assume he's dreaming. I just hope he's not, you know, he's processing good and having, like, fun times in his dreams as well as in his real life. <laughs> he's probably swim, swimming with those dolphins. Yeah, Sam. yeah, hopefully we're both dreaming about him. That would actually be really nice. I kind of actually love that idea. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show. I hope everybody goes home, dreams. All the best dreams, and then interprets them, and then goes off and does better things in the world. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me on your show. I really enjoyed it. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Music came from Tyler Litwin. Additional help came from Isis Madrid. If you'd like to hear more dream analysis from Jane Teresa, you could check out her podcast, The Dream Show with Jane Teresa Anderson, on Apple Podcasts or on her website at janeteresa.com. You can also pick up one of her books, like her latest, The Dream Hands. And if you want to become a dream analyst yourself, well, Jane Teresa's got you covered there too. You can enroll now at Dream Academy Online. As for us, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Weird Work. As always, I'm Sam Balter, and stay weird, you nightmare on Elm Street dream warriors. Freddy Krueger looked like... <laughs>